one other way that we do a really good job in my experience of protecting each other in private, but I think it also leads over into the public arena too, is when we think or feel that we had a negative impact on each other, whether it was something we did or said, that we go check it out and we clean it up. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Today, we're going to talk about an agreement that we have together. Yeah, this is a juicy one. (laughs) The agreement is protecting one another in public and in private, even from ourselves. Yes. Do you want to explain where that comes from? I think it's Stan Tatkin, isn't it? Yeah, I think (laughs) it is. (laughs) We talked about Stan a lot on this podcast. (laughs) Stan Tatkin, T-A-T-K-I-N. Thanks, Stan. Yeah, thanks, Stan. And I feel like this is especially important when we really want to be working as a team together. We're really committed to that. Yeah. Why, why do you think a couple needs to protect one another in public and private? I mean, we love each other after all. So what can happen? I feel like there's this kind of a leaky energetic when we are as a couple, we don't do this because we've committed to not do it, but we've witnessed couples and I've witnessed people talk about their partner in a way that's like, somewhat joking, but a little bit of a stab at them and we're putting them down in a certain way. And it just feels like it's a, there's a leaky container there of not really being committed to the integrity or the honor of the partnership. Yeah. It seems like someone who's doing that is probably feeling things about their partner that they're not bringing to their partner. Right. And so they kind of express it in these out, like these outside awkward, well, it's awkward for me when I hear it ways that come out leaky sideways. Yeah. It's either complaining or like you said, undermining them taking jabs. Yeah. Why do you feel like this is important for you and me to have an agreement around? I like this agreement because it causes us to directly face the things that annoy us about each other. (laughs) That's true. It really does. (laughs) Instead of going to my friend or my coworker or whoever and griping about something that's annoying, under this agreement, I come to you with that. Right. Which is sometimes scarier, oftentimes would be scarier than going and just you know, complaining to somebody else about you. The other thing I like about this agreement is that it makes it harder for me to play out some kind of victim story. Like when I hear people complaining about their partners, usually the 
the next thing I hear is some person listening to that, complaining, piling on about the partner or, oh yeah, you know, women are like that or, oh, that sucks. And it's kind of like this um, sticky kind of victim-y collaboration between the two victims. Yeah. This agreement really has us do our work and look at ourselves and have the straight conversations and grow. Right. So let's dive into a little bit more detail about what we mean by this, by protecting one another in public and and in private, even from ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so let's start with protecting each other in public, what we mean by that. Great. Do you have an example? One example for me is when, let's say you're out with some friends, a group of friends, and you're starting to talk about really intimate or private or vulnerable details about either me or are we. I mean, obviously you can choose what you want to share about yourself, but I feel like if we don't have alignment about certain parts of what we're sharing, you know, the more vulnerable parts, and one of us goes out and shares, I don't feel like we're really protecting the other person from creating filters with those people or judgments, or maybe those people don't even really couldn't even really hold it well or understand it well. But I do know that there are certain friends of yours that, for example, like I'd be like, yeah, you can pretty much share anything with those guys, but these other guys, maybe not so much. So that would be one example of protecting me personally out in public. That's a great example. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of just being considerate of your partner and letting them, giving them the opportunity to decide if a piece of information can be a public conversation or not based on a mutual understanding of why one person wants to share that rather than just subjecting your partner to what you talked about with no discussion or alignment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's an example for you about protecting each other in public? One thing that you and I like to do when we're on our way to a public event is talk about what are we up to at the event. And sometimes we have experiences where one of us gets stuck in a particular conversation with someone and maybe it's going on too long or there was a particular individual at the event that we really wanted to connect with and it's getting late. And we haven't made that connection yet. And so one way that we can protect each other in public is to hold the shared agreement about what we're up to at a particular event and help the person who's sort of gotten lost or forgotten what we're up to at the event to uh, get back on, on the train of what we agreed to in the first place. Right. Or like me, sometimes I can get stuck at social events and bringing myself forward more, I kind of sometimes disappear in the background. And right. often, you know, we have that conversation beforehand and you helped, you helped me in the public environment to come forward more and have something that feels good versus something that feels bad. Yeah. 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 I feel like another example that we haven't ran into too much, but I could really see us stepping into this is if, and when we hear a piece of information out in the public about one another, whether it's somebody's upset or there's a judgment somebody has, or there's misinformation that somebody has, 
that I feel like part of this agreement is that we would really step up and address the judgment or the misinformation in a way that was supportive to the partner and bringing more perhaps truth to the situation. Mm -hmm. Definitely having each other's back in public perception, not in any kind of like um, fantasy way, like, but aiming toward the public perception being accurate to who we really are. Yeah. Yep. We did a whole episode, episode 14. It was the last episode on what is called unmanaged thirds, which is basically anything outside of our couple bubble that could negatively impact us in some form. For example, when you received a couple flirty texts from someone that you know on your side and you didn't really know what to do with them, you brought them here and you gave us the opportunity to figure out a game plan about how to address them. And it's been a learning process for us because one of the first texts that you received I didn't know about, you thought you told me, but I didn't know about it. And then when it did come out that there was this text that you received, I had the experience of feeling like I wasn't protected because you didn't respond to the text specifically and directly, which to me felt like you, it kind of left me felt unprotected because this person maybe then because it wasn't responded to had a perception that it was okay to text you like this and that I'm not part of the equation or something like that. Yeah. But then we learned from that and I really appreciated how you were with me in that. And then the next time that there was a text, we got to collaborate together. You came to me and when you come to me like that, I feel really, I feel like a team with you. And I feel like you do care about my experience and you are protecting specifically me in this circumstance. And are we. And the benefits for me in bringing texts like that to you is that I really don't feel alone in how I'm responding. And whenever we're responding together to something that's coming into our field, it feels a lot safer and more, yeah, just more secure. And so I think that's one of the reasons why this approach is so important for us is that we're aiming for secure functioning together and really protecting the unit of our we together. In terms of protecting each other in public, the only other thing I would say is that we have not talked about the more maybe obvious examples of like, you know, you're crossing the street and you don't see a car and I pull you back or, you know, somebody's getting your face about something and I come and come to your protection, Mm. you know, that's kind of obvious. So I don't, we haven't dwelled on that in this episode, but it's another part of that. It's another part of it. Yeah. That's great. I would say that one more benefit to when you protect, when I feel your protection for me in public and the different ways that we've talked about is I feel really turned on by Mm. your efforts. Like I feel really well held and cared for and something about that quality of feeling protected by you and me protecting you has me feel more open and more available for deeper intimacy. So thanks for that. Mm. Thanks for sharing that. I have a similar, maybe 
response when I feel you claiming me in public and protecting me. It's a feeling of that I matter and that my experience matters. And that's an amazing feeling mm. to receive from you. So thank you. Mm. It's my pleasure. When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about how we protect each other in private, even from ourselves. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. What about private? How do you, how, do, how would you describe protecting each other in private? You know, it's often said that you don't know what goes on behind closed doors in a relationship and there can be a lot of aggression and if not physical violence, verbal assaults and slights and sarcasm and just yeah. irritability. And if not verbal, definitely in one's head, one's own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All yeah. three of those. Yeah. 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 So protecting each other in private for me comes up a lot in the example of when you say something or do something that I don't understand. And because of the nature of my operating system, I sometimes, well, I'll go and take it personally when you do something. Like if I'm coming at you with some sort of snarky jab. Sure. That's an example. Then what happens for you? So in the past, I probably would react to that and maybe even play it out, you know, uh, respond back with snarkiness or whatnot. But with you, I feel a lot more resource in our system. So it's easier for me to bring curiosity to what's going on for you in that moment. But what we're talking about here is the the moments where that curiosity is not available or the the generosity of listening is not there or something that you said or did triggered a younger part of me that wants to fight back yeah well in the beginning my snarky comments for example if you are new to this podcast you don't know that will and i just went through a very long unexpected house remodel. And we decided to put some really beautiful tongue and groove wood above our shower. It's so beautiful. And I want to protect our tongue and groove wood. So <laughs> when Will jumps into the shower and doesn't turn on the fan, I've made snarky comments like, well, at least somebody cares about taking care of this wood. Like, just like it comes out of my mouth. It's a total jab. I'm not really asking you for what I need. I just make a sideways comment. That's just a bunch of bullshit. 
And that to me isn't protecting you. Mm. So there's already, if I'm making a snarky comment, I'm already in the non-protection game. If I'm actually protecting you privately, then I'm doing a better and better job at being a witness to that voice versus thinking I'm one with the voice and just giving you a little jab. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that I practice protecting you is to notice that there's something coming up. I want to make a jab, but really what's underneath that is I'm not asking for something that I actually need or want from you. Right. Like, Hey, like I, I really need us to take good care of this house after everything that we've been through. Let's come up with a way to practice turning the fan (laughs) when we take a shower. Lately, you've been giving me some good positive feedback when I remember to do that. So that, that definitely goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think for me in private, well, obviously protecting our tongue and groove by remembering the fan is a way of protecting you in private. I didn't see that before, but the more obvious example that comes up for me is emotional reactivity and the forbearance of practicing. Okay. I'm having an experience. What am I experiencing? You're saying this to yourself. Yeah. Internally. Yeah. Yeah. And am I ready to operate my vocal cords or is it just going to be a negative impact on everybody? Right. And finding my way toward expressing that I'm having a challenge and I need some help navigating through it if I can't gather myself right to talk about it and also not avoiding it you know not just stuffing it down exactly which I think happens too much in relationships and leads to these big resentments or filters that we've talked about in yeah. previous episodes 100% I think for me there's also an internal radar about the energetic in which my communication is coming from Like, is it coming from a place of victim? Turn that freaking fan on. (laughs) It reminds me of another, here's another example that I haven't talked to you about. So Will and I shared in a previous episode that we came up, well, we didn't come up with it because other countries actually do this. Europe does this a lot, but we came up with a solution for our sleep, which is to get two double queens because... Two double queens? No. (laughs) that would be four queens (laughs) that's a lot of queens in one room (laughs) we got we get we have two queens pushed together and that's our bed we don't sleep well in a king bed because of sheets and pulling and snoring and twitching and just we just can't quite get our groove so this really works really, really well for us but in one of our episodes we shared about like practices we do to help optimize Things And one of the practices that we do when we go to sleep is I wear earplugs and you wear a breathe right strip on your nose to minimize when there is snoring that's happening. (laughs) But what happens sometimes in the middle of the night, if I'm having a hard night's sleep, then some lady, she's like the dragon lady or something will come out and she just is like a part of me who is like furious and angry because she's not sleeping. But then if she gets woken up by snoring, she's like... Shut up. (laughs) She doesn't say this to you. I think it's more like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So that's the energetic that's coming from me (laughs) somehow, because I know that I actually don't want to have, if I actually said that to you, you would one, wake up startled (laughs) two, it would just be like a nightmare for both of us. 
it just wouldn't be forwarding to our situation. So somehow I'm able to put her, you know, give her a little pet on the head. And then I'm say, you know, kind of tug at your arm and say, can you turn over, please? <laughs> Sometimes but- it's that. And other times it's <laughs> turn over. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> and I need to sleep better. I need to breathe better. So when you turn me over like that, I'm probably breathing a lot better. I, yeah. Well, I think that too. Glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's really tracking the energetic of where my communication is coming from. Mm-hmm. That I can tell if I'm protecting you or if I'm just being a hoo-ha. Well, I think a good, a reasonable self-inquiry is, is this coming from defending my territory? Is there aggression in where I'm coming from? Or is this in the service of both me and we? Yeah. To say this. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you another place where I go. So for those of you who are listening and you don't know Will, when Will puts his mind and energy to something, he succeeds pretty much 99% of the time. So like talking about sleeping, like your sleep scores are insane recently. They're amazing. They're in the 90s. And when you wanted to go build a Twitter following, you're like... <laughs> I'm going to build a hundred, I'm going to get a hundred followers this, this week or this day or whatever. And mm-hmm. you get like 200 mm-hmm. and you know, like, you're so good at meeting your goals and putting your heart and commitment and dedication to them. And over here on my side, you know, I just have different experiences about things. My sleep's not going well. My Instagram and Facebook pages got accounts got deleted last fall, like just all these different little things. And so when you have a win and a success, there's part of me at times where I'm like, I'll write another, another freaking success. Okay. Like whatever. Like I just, part of me is like, are you freaking kidding me? Another freaking thing. Like you're, you're doing another thing. That's amazing. And that's just a very small part because the real part of me, the adult part of me wants to always celebrate with you and always know how much, and always have, you know, how much I am for your successes. And this goes back to being for each other's success. Another agreement that we have. It's also related to another agreement we have, which is that living from the knowing that when one of us has success, we both win. Exactly. And somehow I'm able to get there. And I want you to know that like, I totally love your successes. And at times Mm -hmm. when I have a little victim part in me, because I'm not sleeping and I don't have a following anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think what you're speaking to is something that probably any listener and certainly I can relate to, which is jealousy or comparing like, Mm. and that kind of, um, when we compare, what is the cliche about comparing? I forget what it, there's some statement about comparing that's really pithy about like how toxic it is to compare ourselves to others, but it comes up, it comes up. It's human. It's human nature. I suffer from that all day long. You know, I look at people, I put on a pedestal and I, you know, see how much, influence they have or success or whatever. And I'm, I make myself small in comparison. Will's in a three on the Enneagram, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I think if we acknowledge that, you know, being competitive is a part of human nature, no matter what Enneatype you have, you know, we can bring compassion to the the process of feeling that self-degradation in comparison to someone else. But what you're speaking to is, you know, let's inside of a we, let's acknowledge that these energies are present and let's hold them together rather than 
play them out unconsciously with each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've seen partnerships go where there's a bunch of success inside the partnership, but between the two partners, it's not even being acknowledged hardly and really appreciated. And for the reasons of what we're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so sad because like, I want you to know that I'm your biggest fan and I am, I feel like I am your biggest fan. You have a lot of fans and, and I always want you to be able to bring your celebrations and joys here first or second, but I want them. Well, it's much easier to celebrate each other's successes if we're doing a good job of protecting each other in public and private and adhering to fairness and equity and enough listening for each other and enough real support for each other's success inside of differences and values that are present in every partnership. Yeah. Well said. So I don't want to only project my own values onto you and support my definition of success in my life onto you and support that because that's a miss for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also a part of protecting each other in private is really deeply knowing each other's values, goals and yeah, values and priorities and being able to listen and support and challenge inside of your values when I'm with you and listening. Yeah, I feel that. One other way that we do a really good job, in my experience, of protecting each other in private, but I think it also leads over into the public arena too, is when we think or feel that we had a negative impact on each other, whether it was something we did or said, that we go check it out and we clean it up if we did. Yeah, I think that's such an important element of protection is and developing secure partnership is to be able to rely on repairs coming. And I can count on that. And I know no matter what, eventually it may take a while, but repair is coming and it will be abundant. Yes, exactly. I know that if I am not leaning in and neither sharing, if I've been negatively impacted, or if I think I've negatively impacted you, then most likely there is going to be more of that wedge between us that will have me want to go out and complain about you to other people or take a stab out in public or talk to my girlfriends and be, you know, having ladies night or something. And then something just pops out here and there that doesn't feel like it's an integrity because I didn't do the cleanup with you. And then that becomes an opportunity to come back and repair. Right. When that does happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our invitation to those of you who are listening to this, if this sounds like it's something that is of interest, we invite you to take a look to see in your partnership where you may not feel protected, whether it's in public or private or by your partner, or maybe you're not protecting your partner. Right. And gaining some awareness there. Yeah. And if this sounds appealing and or interesting to you, and you think maybe you could step up to a deeper level of protection within your partnership, discuss it and bring it forward. See if you can come to a new agreement with your partner around this topic. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. 
If the show sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We Podcast.